Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone, welcome to part two of the Stompcast. We're in Hertfordshire. G and I are wandering around. We've seen horses, we've seen a lot of wind, felt a lot of wind. It's a little bit of a stormy, but, but dry day. Um, and it's just amazing countryside here. It's a beautiful part of the world. It's so nice just to, yeah, just look around you and see green everywhere. Great <laughs> for the mind, what do you think? I absolutely love it. For me, green is everything. And me and Tom actually moved out um, to Middlesex Festival actually when we were 2021 and looking back we've always been a bit like oh is that was that our time to actually move into central London because we basically brought our family home really yeah. really young uh, although we've just moved two years ago um, but actually I don't regret it because I think I've always lived in green and my family moved out from Barkingside which isn't that green um, to um, Ingate Stone when I when I was nine and from that point it's always been such a massive part of my life like I love going out for walks I love being able to see nature the kids have literally spent the whole summer fishing for newts and frogs in the pond oh, amazing. So, you know so I, I get the impact of what the outdoors has Am amazing for, for, men for, for mental health and yeah. I've had this conversation many times with different uh, different people and you know obviously parenthood is something that you're really passionate about your yeah. your podcast is clearly um you know amazing and so many people rely on it for great and useful helpful advice but one of the things i've really uh, noted while i've been walking with people is how much they say that nature is so important to their upbringing and to their like grounding and even in later life it gives you a sense of like peace and comfort um, yeah. and often when people are going through difficult times or they're just trying to nurture their mental health. Going out to nature just gives them that sense of like calm. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking um, of calm, we've got to be careful of the cars <laughs> flying past us. We're picked crossing up a road. Second, we yeah. have been in the fields. Now we're crossing a road. I love how I say nature, and we've got a load of engines, <laughs> like diesels, chugging well, by us. So you know, we're straight back into it. The reality is, <laughs> we're in a road for a little bit, and then we'll go yeah. back off. It's a beautiful um, route. So yeah, I mean, you know, when as being a parent. You know, have you have you seen that benefit with oh. nature, and, and 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 how important do you think it is for young people and their kind of mental health to have access to nature? It's so important. It's so important, and you know, we're not long off the back of the summer holidays, and just seeing actually how I've got three boys, nine, seven, and five, seeing how if by nine o'clock there isn't a plan or we haven't got out of the house, seeing how the moods change, yeah. how quickly everyone is just has this this energy that's got to be released um, you know it's so it's it's just there so uh, so yeah I know that more than anyone that you've just got to kind of get up and get yeah, out get out and enjoy it yeah it's funny because you, you say with the three boys well your three boys four boys in the family really yeah. um, my mum my mum my mum said a 
bless her, because she feels the same. That yeah. In my family, it was three boys, uh, my dad, and my, I play guitar, my brother played drums. Clearly not freshly the standard <laughs> the drum guitar you've got going around, but still like a, a very boy ha- household. So mum loves just kicking us outside, like right, that's yeah. it, get out. You're all get out, because you know that everything is instantly diffused in a way. Yeah. Um, and we've had that since the kids were young, whether we were going around like the local Aquadrome or the Lido, just being able to get out is so important. Um, and thankfully, uh, the boys love going out and also finding bits of nature. Yeah. You know, whether that's coming back with a collection of leaves or with different <laughs> amphibians that they've got to now make homes for, you know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a massive thing. And actually, we've just got chickens as well, which is another thing of like another little piece of nature, another thing of nurturing and having to go outside. Um, but I definitely see the, the knock-on effect that has. Actually, our seven-year-old has actually started running with Tom. He started doing like a 5K with Tom, wow. which is just incredible and just seeing that sense of um, exercise in nature when they yeah. look for studies of exercise is great for mental health exercise and exercising in nature is a compounding effect so oh, really? yeah effects on things like endorphins general well-being easing anxieties amplify when you exercise outdoors yeah. so where possible it's it's just great to do it and that's you know even like like that's why i love um, the walking side of it because it is more accessible than some other forms of exercise absolutely you know? Absolutely, you just put on a pair of trainers if you haven't got walking boots and you yeah. just go, you know, everything mm. is open to you. And get out there. And actually not going back to the treks, but one thing about them is that when you are walking somewhere and it's, you've got this view, like you would in Pembrokeshire, it's, um, there's something amazing that happens that it's almost like it makes you and your worries seem insignificant yeah. but in a really good way because yeah, the does. world is so vast. It does. And it kind of, like, it minimalises it. To make it and it makes it more um, manageable, manageable yeah i find that when i get really pent up or stressed about something and i'm really inwardly on myself when i go outside i suddenly start realizing like oh like that like that that farmer's doing his whatever or this you know this person's just walking by they're thinking about their thing when you're watching the yeah. nature you watch the birds and things you're like oh hang on wait a minute like the world isn't just in my head the yeah. world is wow it's out there and going on yeah. in life one of the things I think is amazing about you, along with the many things that we've talked about already, is how varied your life is. You yeah. do so many different things. <laughs> Actress, podcasting, patroning, yes. <laughs> writing. Yeah. Um, you also, start, I think you started by, which I think is a really interesting like um, cross or like full circle of like you you're passionate about books and re- reviewing with books and now yeah. you've written best-selling books and <laughs> yeah. writing books for your husband and god knows how many books you're gonna write yeah. just, i think it's just a really inspiring um story i hope to young people to kind of anyone listening actually any any, any age of of kind of going for things in life and just trying different things and seeing what you enjoy i think like i feel certainly coming from a medical background you can easily become pigeonholed into that's yeah. what you're supposed to do this is the rest of your life now you be a consultant for 30 years and that's your job and i'm clearly someone who's kind of perhaps not followed that exact route and done lots of like other different things yeah but i think it's just a great way to live life isn't it to explore and find your passions try different stuff absolutely is um and actually if i look back to my childhood uh, I was, um, I had a hard time at school. My way of getting through that was to walk around the field making stories up in my head and acting them out, which is probably why I was <laughs> had a hard time at school. But I'd kind of be in my head a little bit and be creative. Um, and, and actually that then, once I'd moved schools and things were happier, I then started acting. 
then the acting stuff happened, then the writing stuff was literally yeah. because the acting stuff was quiet and I wanted to take control um, of it in some way and I was such a bookworm and actually Tom said to me one day, you should, you should write, like, you know, you've got your blogs and everything but you should try and write a book. Um, and I'm really, I, I guess I probably make it a bit too flippant and make it sound really easy because it was, it's challenging. It's <laughs> um, hard work, right? Yeah. <laughs> And every time when you go back to start again, you're like, oh, I can remember the first bit, because I didn't have a book deal, there was no pressure, so it was a case of just sitting down and writing. Whereas second book, I sat down to write, and I was like, oh, gosh, you know, Penguin are going to realise it was a fluke. They're going to ask for their advance back. <laughs> so I've turned it into bookshelves. In. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and actually, uh, what I've realised over time is that everything that I do, whether it's acting, whether it's writing a book or a podcast, it's all about storytelling. Um, whether that's me telling a story or for helping facilitate someone else's. So yeah, I've kind of, I like the fact that it's, it's all very varied, but essentially I'm actually using the same skills in everything and I'm realising that, you know, when I first started writing a book, I could have easily said to myself, well, you're not really, you didn't go to such and such a university to study English, you went to drama school and you pretended to be a penguin. You know, how, what makes you think you <laughs> And then you got your publishing house for penguins. penguin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in fact, actually, my first, my, when we did our little launch party, my editor and everyone else, they were like my core team, I bought everyone penguin onesies. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. It's funny yeah, how life is like that. There's always yeah. so many little things. You look back and go, this is so, how is this possible? Yeah. It's so weird. Like random coincidences that make I you actually think, is it coincidence? I sent it out into the universe yeah. by being a penguin at drama And my, one of my first tattoos was a tattoo of a penguin. <laughs> but I love them because they're, they're so resilient and penguins yeah. survive in the cold by huddling together yes. and getting through it together. So I love I, the fact I love that penguins. they take turns to be on the outer yeah. circle. So, 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 the, so the person who's weakest gets protected and put to the middle yeah. and then the strongest person at that time is on the outside. But then they realise they've done their bit, bring yeah. them back in. So Penguins, good. there you go. The world is funny. Yeah. So uh, storytelling. Yes. So you feel, do you... Is that how you see yourself then? Are you like, I am a storyteller? Is that how you Yes, kind of but that sounds think? really wanky, doesn't it? It doesn't. <laughs> it, it actually really doesn't because it makes, when you say it, it makes a great deal of sense because throughout all the things you're doing and now with, you've, you've now, um, you're playing the role of the teacher, Miss Hedge, yeah. Miss Hedge in a new play, which is, what, what's, the, what's the name? It's because a musical. Everybody's talking musical. about Jamie. Yeah, Everyone's talking about Jamie. That's the title of it. Yeah. So you're, so you're effectively storytelling in that role as mm -hmm. well now. I guess those, that skill set, therefore, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's on presenting on TV, whether it's writing, you're kind of learning how to engage in people to listen to a story, whether it's your story, someone else's yeah. story or or whatever, how did you kind of develop those skills? Because it is, it is really a skill, especially when you look to transfer it across different platforms. Yeah. How did you, did you deliberately work on that? As like, I want to become really good at storytelling or is it something more that's just, is it more following your interests and that's just I part of the it, journey? I think um, part of it is simply being interested in people. What, you know, what makes us all human? Um, and I love listening. And I think sometimes the most important thing that I do, and especially in the podcasting side of things, is to just listen, uh, which might sound a little bit weird because obviously it's a podcast, it's meant to be lots of talking, but giving people that space is so important. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think we all question whether we have the right skill set to do lots of things, um, but if you don't try, you don't know. Um, and I just loved, 
I loved writing because it's a case of creating a world and just running with it. So well, quite often I feel like I find friends in books yeah. or I find like a big lesson that I'm meant to be learning. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can't, I feel like with things like that, it's not something that can be pushed and forced. Um, so at the moment, I'm on like a bit of a pause before the next book um, because it's all about the power of no uh, and how saying no to other people is the biggest yes you can give yourself. I feel like I am in the middle of learning this for myself, so I can't write it. That's something I've been trying to focus on the last couple of years, is because yeah. I'm naturally someone who wants to keep everyone kind of happy and yes. try everything, go for everything. I think part of that's personality, probably is part of it's ADHD and like the inherent nature of being like, right, let's go for things, Well, whatever. also, you've done something that has opened up opportunities. And therefore, you, know, you feel that you must follow all yeah, of those. But because actually, what, what, what an adventure that is to be able to yeah. have these opportunities opened up and to, to be in demand in a little bit. Is but actually, a, what's the cost of that demand? What's the so cost true. of you saying yes to everyone's... Um, is, is there a good example demands. that you can think of or springs to mind of a time where you've said no to something and perhaps it's either led to something else or it's given you the space to do something else that's turned out to be really good? Or... I guess the book. Yeah. That's the biggest one at the moment. It's the one that's on top of my list is that not having that deadline meant I could lean into the summer holidays with the yeah. kids. Um, and actually our kids have really needed that. You know, they've needed to have one of their parents with them at the pond that's not got their mind on something else, you know, that's not once they go to bed going to go downstairs and try and bash out, you know, a couple of thousand words, you know, so that you're present. Because sometimes even when you have that time with the kids and you're on deadline, you're still thinking about work, whatever that work is, you're still thinking about it, it's still hanging over you, even though you're not at your desk. So being able to clear that has been huge. And that's not to say that there weren't other demands that had to pop up and stuff, but um, certainly being able to just have that time that was mostly all about them um, has, been, has been incredible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's, it's an interesting around, or there's an interesting thought around creativity, that to be creative, you have to create space yeah. and time. And I guess when you're working in storytelling, you are you know, by virtue of what you're doing, you're, you're, you're creating, aren't you? Yeah. You're creating content in whatever way. And so if you don't allow space, both physically in time, but mm -hmm. also within your mind, how are you going to create? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it would be so, so difficult feel... to do. You have to allow that kind, of, that kind of space. Absolutely. And thankfully, my publishers are fully on board and understand. And, uh, 
you know, we've worked together for a long old time now, for 12 years, so um, they know that the work will get done. Do you now believe in yourself where you, where you know it's not? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, like 12, whatever number of books it is, and now, okay, that. fine, like, yeah, I believe it now. <laughs> I know, it's hard, isn't it? But I said that after three books, I would call myself an author, but only yeah. after three. Um, but now we're on, this is the 13th book that I'm, um, you know, trying to write. So, uh, yeah, I, I am now an author, but I do think it's that space thing that once, because most of the books I write are in first person, so I think you do have to give yourself that space to kind of write and let that character almost not like sound like a clairvoyant or anything, but go through you. Because sometimes I'll read things back and be like, gosh, I don't remember writing that uh, and being quite moved by it. Um, so, yeah, you do you do definitely have to have that space so that the characters in the same way in the podcast stuff to like almost listen and give them that space. It's the same thing when you're creating a character and then letting them explore. Mm. We'll come on to the podcast in a moment, but one, one of the questions I'd like to ask about the books is that what I found really interesting is you've written fiction and non-fiction, yeah. right? And um, kind of almost going back to pigeonholing people, but I, I've had this, I have this thing that, like, oh, I really would love to at some point write yeah. fiction, so I'm something I'm really interested in. How do you find switching between the two? Does it, obviously it's different in terms of what you're writing. Do you need a yeah. different brain for it? That yeah, makes you, any do. Sense? you do, you uh, do. First of all, I'd say just write. Stop overthinking okay. it um, and telling yourself okay. you can't do it, just do it. Um, but yes, it is a different part. And also because of what my non-fiction that I've written is about motherhood and my experience of motherhood. Mm -hmm. So in some way that's easier because I know it. I know everything there is to know about my experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not telling people that it's the right way or mm. giving clinical advice mm. or anything like that. I know how I have found it. So, um, and, uh, and there's something quite freeing in that. Um, and actually, when I wrote Happy Mum, Happy Baby, I started in 2016. And at first, I, I kind of said to myself, well, I'll put everything down and then I can edit it out. You know, I don't have to share mm. different parts of me if, you know, if I feel at the end, actually, I'd rather not share that. I can just nip it out in the edit. But actually, it felt like a complete version of my motherhood. So I did want to keep things about mis uh, like miscarriage and PCOS in there. I felt it was important. Um, so it is a very different side of my brain, whereas with fiction, I feel like there's a lot more planning that go goes into fiction. Um, however, you have the freedom to just create mm. and go off into this other world. Mm. Um, and actually, I always find that when I'm switching between the two, I'll start writing fiction and be like, ah, oh, I love this. Yeah. This is great. But then when I start writing non-fiction, I'll be like, oh, there you are. <laughs> you know, I found so it. it is that... Do, do, you must find as well that there is some crossover in, in terms of like, I, I guess, you know, um, I, I spoke to Jacqueline Wilson on the stomp car. She came for a walk and she talked about how she found a lot of the times you talk about things that she was really passionate about. Yeah. And was able to almost provide the non-fiction style advice through fiction. Yeah. Through story, and that's what's amazing. Some of the most powerful books I think of like growing up, ones that really taught you something. The but you didn't even realise that they were yeah. teaching you something, perhaps till the end or... The moral of the story, I think, is always really important. And I know it's something that, you know, having Tom as a husband, who is a massive children's author as well, is that for them, it's very important. They have to know what their moral is. And actually, I think with what I write, the moral does present itself. So at the end of each book, I feel like it's been a weird healing process. And there has been a learning for me. And if there has been a learning for me, 
then there will be a learning for That's the really reader. interesting. So when you're writing it, you feel like you're kind of going on a bit of a journey as well yeah. as what they will go through. Absolutely. And also because you know that your character has to, has to grow or develop or do something in some way. Uh, and actually, you can't help but relate to it because you're so close to them. Well, go now we've, uh, we've got the rubbish bins here. Do you yeah. know, one of my favourite things about the stump cast is you see absolutely everything. You just don't know what you're going to come we across. We wander across different things, have yeah. lots of different experiences, and uh, yeah. One last question of books before I, I want to talk to you about your, your podcast. Yeah. How do you decide that the end of the fiction book is, is the end? I always find oh. when I get to the end of a story, I'm like, how did the person decide yeah. that it was now? Because I yeah. know what I'm, my brain's like. I'm like, one more sentence or <laughs> one more paragraph. How do you decide? Well, like, and I've also hit that's it. a creative thing, right? So you could always go back and keep editing. You, I feel like the work is never complete. Like you could always edit. Editing could go on for forever. I feel like it's a sense, like it's a sense that this is a button. This yeah. is a button's moment, and that feels makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, if anything, I always feel like I want to rush there. And then it's going back and going, no, let's enjoy this ending. Because right. otherwise you don't want to suddenly be like, ah, oh. like feel like it's left on the cliff. The, the end kind of thing. Yeah. I always think that. I always come down the books and I wonder like, you know, wow, it's an amazing ending. But how did you know to get to this point? So I feel like when you're telling the story through and you're like, where does this end? It might be like, you know, someone, something's like, the, say, just the crime is solved or whatever. And that's perhaps an actual ending. But yeah. a lot of the time, like, it's not as obvious as to where it would no, end. No, no, that's you know, true. You're always thinking there could be another book. You look like the Harry Potter's books. You're like, oh, there could be another book and another yeah. book as well off the back of it. It's also yeah. learning, I guess, when to, like, let that chapter close of life, I guess. Absolutely. And actually what I found, so before writing with Tom, I used to know my first third of a book and then I used to know where it was ending. All oh, right, so you'd and have I a start at the end and then you'd walk yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so I, I felt like from that first third, people could go off and the characters could go fly. Yeah. And they'd go on loads of different adventures yeah. and meet different people and they'd be... But I knew where it was going. Um, so I guess the ending has always been... Uh, I would always know that. I think it's really important to know where you're heading. Um, but, so, yeah, I, 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 but one thing for me is that I, I think it's... In my mind, the characters' lives are continuing after the end. It's a nice mm. way to think of it, isn't it? Yeah. You're kind of leaving that part. You're like leaving their it's story, just the end and they for now. carry on to their into their lives and what yeah. they're experiencing. Although it's very nice to write the end. It feels like this weight has been lifted, and I, I never realised how um, not grumpy, but how heavy that load is of a deadline or of creating yeah. until it's sent off. Yeah. Once that email goes, like, I feel like I'm fly. I feel like I'm floating on air. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. So yeah, so it is a very good feeling. To and just where where are you right now? Because you've got the this is the trilogy that you're writing, yes. right? And so this is the book that you, you said this oh, summer. Even Man written. Three, yes. So where are you now? So it? me and Tom will come together to to decide when uh, the right time is. I think at the end of this year, beginning of next, we'll yeah. start really exploring yeah. that. Because I do realise that, so our Eva Man trilogy, the first one ends on a bit of a cliff, cliffhanger, so does the second, so people are very much waiting. So for people the are third. like looking at their clocks going like, yeah, come uh, on. Or any time they see us, you know, relaxing on Instagram, they're like, come on. Uh, come or on, we're waiting for this. Yeah. It, is, it is a funny thing that whenever you get to a cliffhanger, you, you want the cliffhanger because it makes you want the next book. Yeah. And then you're like, 
when's the next one coming? Yeah. <laughs> when and am we, I going to find out what happened? And we released um, the Evolution at the start of lockdown. So it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, um, well, as we said earlier, creativity, uh, creativity needs space. Yeah. And actually, when you've got three kids at home and homeschooling and everything, it's not the easiest thing to do. But we've let it percolate. We, we know where we're going with it. It's just a case of sitting down and writing. And going on to the next. Yeah. Well, we'll pick up actually on. The, we'll talk about the podcast in part three. We'll come. I think it's a natural point to end part uh, two of the Stompcast. Uh, it's been a great walk so far. Thank you so much. This has been an it's amazing. Been, it's been noisy, I'm afraid. It's, well, I, I, but that's life. There's life always, is around. Do you know us. you only you only notice how noisy life is when you start recording a podcast. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you realise, you know, you walk, uh, we always joke. We walk around Batsy Park and doing it recording, and only when you walk around Batsy Park trying to record audio do you realise that a plane flies over you every six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. And how loud it is. So, trust me, this is very much peaceful compared to certain parts of London. I'm now taking through, you this through a very muddy puddle as well. Just come I'm at the point disguise. now where I have to... Um, you can I need to, you've got long enough legs. I need to change over from my trainers. Do you want to leap across? Oh, are we all right here, Let's leap we? across. Are we going crossing here, are we? No, we're going to go back up there. But okay, cool. Look, you're, you're trying nice to. Dry land. We've got the track leader here, keeping <laughs> us nice and dry and safe. But I am at the point when now I'm, where I'm I have running, to swap over. When I'm running from the house, I get to this point and there's always a massive puddle, yeah. so I just turn back. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to get my um, walking boots on now. I think this is my last stomp because it's been summer and it's been oh, so yeah. warm. I just wore my trainers, winter. but I think now. It's time for the hiking boots. Otherwise, to, you're to just going to ruin all of your trainers. I do go through trainers quite often. I must admit, my I can't throw any gone. out though. I'm useless. Well, on that puddle dodging Sorry, note, yes. we will uh, <laughs> we will come to the end of part two. We'll see you all in part three very very soon. Take care. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.